discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. Oh, where would we be without him? Thank you for the blessings that we have in Christ. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus and what it means for us. This morning, as we hear your word, thank you that you speak to our hearts. You bring us closer in knowledge to your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for grace released upon our lives in a very special way. Thank you that as we behold the sun, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory this morning. Thank you for increased grace, increased glory, increase on every side. Thank you for fruitfulness and multiplication like never before this morning. Receive your word with meekness, with gladness, knowing that it's our means of change and growth, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to give Jesus a big, 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 big shout. Hallelujah. How many of you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? That's not like Jesus, right? It's all about him, isn't it? Yes. I want to welcome all of you to church. It's good to see everybody. Tell your neighbor you're looking nice. So I've been sharing on the will of God. I started sharing on the will of God last week, isn't it? How many of you remember? Did you take notes? Ask anybody, did you bring your notebook? How many note takers are in the are in the are in the church? How many? Okay, what are the three types of note takers? Those who hold on, hold on, relax. Those who take notes for the pastor. They take notes and leave that. They even forget to take their notebook home. So they leave it in church for the pastor to read. Then the second group are which people? Those who take notes for what? They, they take it just before the service. They remember that they have a notebook 10 minutes before they leave the house or five minutes before they leave the house. That's the second group of people who take notes in church. I see in it. Then the third group are which people? Those who write the notes and read it and meditate on what they have what they have been taught in the in the in the house of God. Isn't it? I don't know which one you want to be. Hallelujah. If you read your notes, you will catch up very quickly. Yes. If you write good notes, write the verses down. The preacher may, may see a lot of things about the verse. Just write what's a, a summary of it. Okay? Let's see if I, if I mention Psalm, Psalm 1, verse 1 to verse 3. 
and I emphasize verse 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Just write, meditate day and night by the notes, by the verse you have written. When you open your notebook and you look at it, and you read the scriptures, you remember what was said. Or else you'll never be able to reproduce what you are being taught. The aim is not for you to keep coming and going. The aim is so that you be trained and raised. That is God's aim. And that's what I'm preaching about. Okay? God has an aim for your salvation. It's not just for you to come around. We are just happy, you know, moving around, excited. And then you, you grow older, grow older. And then before long, you have given birth, had, you are married, given birth, had, uh, whatever, a good job. You bought five cars, you built seven houses, and then you die, and then you are off. And then we bury you. No, that's, God has an aim. Tell me about God has an aim. God has an for, your salvation. for your salvation. And that's, that's what I'm, I was talking about last Sunday. You know, and I, I remember reading a verse for you in Ephesians chapter 1, if you remember, from verse 4 to verse 6. And I majored on verse 6, if you remember. Do you remember? Look at Ephesians 1, verse 6. It says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Isn't it? I didn't major on verse 6. I major on verse 4. Go to verse 4, please. Sorry. Verse 4. It says, According as he has chosen us in him, God has chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Before the word foundation is the word katabule. It means before the overthrow, okay, of the world. The, before Satan even decided, Lucifer decided to you know, do what it did in, in the heavens. God had prepared and chosen you and had a plan for you before you came. Eh? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Then verse 5 says, Having God has predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Do you remember this one? No. According to the good pleasure of his will. So there's, there's, the, there's the will of God that brings him good pleasure. Like, if that particular thing is being done, God becomes very excited. The good pleasure of God's will is your adoption or your maturity in Christ. Or your being raised to become a king in his stead, to rule and reign with him. God wants to rule and reign with you. That's God's aim. One of God's major aim is to rule and reign with you. One of his, his aim is to marry you. Yes. One of God's main aims is to marry you. Let us be glad, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. Revelation chapter 19, verse, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, honor to our King of Kings, that's Jesus Christ. For the marriage of the Lamb, who is the Lamb? Jesus. The marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Who is the wife of the Lamb? The wife of the Lamb is the church, you and I. So God has an aim of marrying you and I. So you don't exist for yourself. You have to, you know, grow the way he wants. He wants you to mature. It's his major aim for you to mature. You can't marry a girl who is nine years old. You can't marry a nine-year-old girl. No, nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't marry, you can't marry someone like that. You know, there was a lady who got married yesterday. She's going to be here. fully mature. I mean, everything is everywhere. Do you understand what I'm saying? So our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ also wants to marry a fully matured, fully grown church. We start off as his bride, okay, being raised and being trained 
for our marriage to our Lord. That's, that's God's aim. It's called the, that's what brings him good pleasure. It's called the good pleasure of his will. It's for you to mature. Okay, go back to Ephesians 1, 5. It says, having predestined, God has predestined us unto the adoption of children. And I explained adoption to you the last time. The Greek word is what? Heotasia, isn't it? And it means to, as a king, a king who has chosen his son, biological son, to raise him and train him to occupy his place as king. So Solomon said, I was my father's son. Tender and only beloved in my father, in my mother's side. If you remember, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 3. He says, I was my father's son. This is tautology. Because Solomon was his father's son. He didn't need to remind us. But that was not what he was talking about. He was not talking about being his father's biological son. He was talking about the fact that he was the one that was chosen by his son to be trained and raised to become king in his stead. Because David had so many sons. So many sons into the teens. Into what? Those of you who are giving birth one, two, you should be careful. The Lord is watching. You have to give birth. That's an instruction on our lives. God says you should multiply, isn't it? Yeah. So have an aim to multiply. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He was talking about how he was chosen to be raised and trained to rule. Which is God's main aim in your life. Do you see? In Revelation chapter... Um, which one do you like? Revelation chapter, chapter 20, verse 1. Look at Revelation 20, verse 1. Yeah. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Then he says, and he laid hold on the dragon, that, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years were, should be fulfilled. And after that, he must... They lose a little season. Verse 4. It says, And I saw thrones. I saw what? Thrones. I saw thrones. And they that sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God. And which had not worshipped the beast. Neither his image. Neither had received his mark upon their foreheads. Or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ. A thousand years. This is what God wants for. God wants you to rule and reign with Christ. Okay? Not only a thousand years, but beyond one thousand years. If you read in the Bible, you see how the Bible talks about our place. Our God's main aim in our life, one of his main aims in our lives is to use us as, a, as trophies. Trophy. Like, God wants you to be his trophy wife. To showcase how good he is. Yeah, you are, tell me about you are God's trophy wife. That's in Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, let's read Ephesians 2, verse, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us or made us alive or made us born again together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. Then he says, and has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places together in Christ Jesus. Then verse 7 says, so that, you see, he did all that, our salvation. He's talking about, but God who is rich in mercy. He starts off from verse 1 and talks about how that you who were dead in sins has he quickened. Go to verse 1. Ephesians 2 verse 1. It says, and you has he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Do you see? Then he goes on. When in time passed, you walked. He's talking about how, you, how your life was before. You got born again. Then verse 3. Among whom also 
you had your own conversation in, in times past, blah, blah. He's talking about how you were before. Then he says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love of which he loved us, because of his love, he has, even when we were dead in sins, when we were not correct, he has made us alive. He has brought us back to life, to him, to live for him, to live towards him. But then he says, by grace, he has saved. He did it all by himself, by his grace. It is his grace. It is his work. Grace is God that work man at rest. You had nothing to do with your, about your salvation. You had nothing to do with it. He, he, and the reason for your salvation is in the next verses. It says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in, in Christ Jesus. So as a child of God, your spiritual location is in heavenly places in, in Christ Jesus. That's why you are seated. Can you imagine? And you are not standing, you are seated. You are in a place of authority by the grace of God. Then he says, why did he do that? He did this so that in the ages to come, in the ages to come, hmm, there's a 1,000 year reign that is going to come, which is the kingdom age. Beyond that, there are other ages that are going to come. Some are revealed, some are not revealed. He says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. God is rich in some things. One of the things he's rich in is mercy. One of the things he's rich in is grace. One of the things is rich. Another thing is rich in his goodness. Hmm? These are you see riches of his grace, riches of his his uh, his glory, riches of his, and all has to do with you. It's like he's showcasing his riches in grace and all of that, so that you will be a trophy for him. So that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. He wants to show you as a trophy. He did it to the glory of his grace. Let me show you another one. Chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. It's like God has so much for you. Eh? you. You don't even know about it. Look at chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read. Um, which verse do you like? Oh, today we don't have time, so we can't read too much. Let me look for the specific one so that. Ephesians 1. You like what I'm sharing with you? Oh, hallelujah. Let, I, we just read verse 5, if you remember. So let's use verse, verse 5 again, and then we'll read verse 6. Verse 6 is what I want to say. Having predestinated us unto adoption of children. I've explained adoption to you, right? By Jesus Christ to himself. He wants all of us to look like Jesus. According to the good pleasure of his will. This is the, the will that brings him good pleasure. Next, verse 6. Then he says, this will that brings him good pleasure has the purpose of it says to the praise of the glory of his grace he he wants us to so grow and mature to be like jesus in all aspects of our lives for the purpose of bringing praise to the glory of his grace like he wants his grace to be extolled when it comes to your life i don't know if you get it like when it comes to you god is showering so much grace to on you for you to live the way he wants you to live and become what he wants you to become to the point that the grace of god that you're enjoying will cause glory to be given to his to his grace like when people look at you they'll start glorifying his grace ah thank god for his grace ah thank god for his grace ah thank, do you understand uh-huh that's what the bible says that how much how much says for if by the by the obedience disobedience obedience of one disobedience of one many be made sinners how much more they which we see 
the abundance of grace, isn't it? Romans chapter 5, verse 7. It is for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ? He wants you to receive abundance of grace, more of God's grace. What is God's grace? Rest. Because I have done everything. I'm going home. I don't think you are interested in God wants you to rest in him. Rest in the finished work of Christ. Because Jesus has done everything that is... You can't, you, can't, you can't take care of your sins. That's why God sent Jesus Christ to come and die. In the Old Testament, the Lord demanded for you to do things in order to be made righteous. But in the New Testament, God does not demand you to do anything to be made righteous. God, the only thing that you need to do is to have faith in Jesus Christ. When you have faith in Jesus Christ, you are declared the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's all. <laughs> but God has an aim. Tell me about God has an aim. Tell the other person, God has an aim. And his aim is for you to mature. In Christ. That's why you need to read your Bible. All that I'm saying boils down to read your Bible and pray every day. Fellowship with the Spirit. That's all. One went to secondary school. I don't know if you went to secondary school. But if you went to secondary school, there was core mass, right? And then there was elective mass. How many of you did core mass? Everybody did core mass, isn't it? Everybody had to do core mass. Because it's core. It's what? And then there's elective mass. How many of you did elective mass? Most our students did not do elective mass. But Alex did not do elective. You get me. He was not interested. <laughs> the will of God, okay? When we talk about the will of God, there's the core will of God. And then there's the elective will of God. Uh-huh. The core will of God is for everybody, no matter who you are. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the elective will of God. Because God has a will concerning every single step you take. You see, God has a will concerning who you marry. Oh, yes. God has a book concerning how many children you have. Jeremiah 29, life. For I know the plans. God has plans for your life. Jeremiah 29, life. For I know the thoughts. Show us NLT. For I know the plans. God, can you imagine? God has plans for you. Plans concerning where you work. Oh, yes. That's not what I'm talking This preaching is not about that one. I'm not doing elective will. This is elective will. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Not for disaster. So God has a plan. He has a will for your life. Every single step. Whether you should stay abroad or you should stay here. Don't just say, Canada is open. I'm off. Canada is what? It's open. So I'm off. I'm going. No, 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 no. You need to talk to the Lord. That's elective will. When it comes to you, there's a will concerning, specific will concerning your life. And you must walk in the perfect will of God. Now, how do you do that? How do, even though I'm not talking about that, let me just give you something that will help you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Have you seen it? It says, be not unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. God wants you to understand his will for your life. 
then it shows you how do you how do you go about it and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the lord so one of the main ways of walking in the perfect will of god elective will of god concerning your life is to learn to speak in tongues it's to learn to speak in the spirit pray learn to fellowship with the spirit basically if you fellowship with the spirit a lot he will show you what to do when it comes to the specific things that you need to do because there are specific things that you need to do and the holy spirit is there to guide you that's his job the holy spirit is there to guide you into the specific will of god concerning your life jesus said that jesus said concerning the holy spirit if you read in john chapter um, 16 verse 12 look at john 16 12. i have yet many things to say unto you so jesus has many things to say to you about every aspect of your life about the girl that you are looking at that you think is the one is the girl of your dreams jesus has some things to say about the girl about the business that you feel that this is it this is my this is my last chance jesus has something to say about it he says i have yet many things to say unto you but you cannot bear them now next verse how be it when he the spirit of truth is come when the holy spirit is coming to your life which he has come into your life by the grace of god he says he will guide you into all truth or all reality concerning your life for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear so jesus talks through the holy spirit he says what the holy spirit hears he shall speak and he will show you things to come he will show you your future so if you want to know the elective will of god concerning your life what do you do learn to fellowship with the holy spirit learn to speak in tongues learn to pray in the holy ghost learn to read your bible because the holy spirit has a language there's a language of god god has a language he speaks he doesn't speak english hebrew or Ghan. he speaks the language of the word the word of god is the language of the spirit you want to know what god thinks about specific things read your bible as you're reading your bible the holy spirit is there to guide you and show you you can be you can be asking god about um about your business your business may not be categorically written in the bible but as you are reading your bible the holy spirit will inspire the word of god for it to will quicken the world that's his job he quickens the word of god to make you see your business in the word that's his job you want to know the electable of god for your life do what i'm telling you to do because that's what the bible says you should do there are specific plans tell everybody there are specific plans there are specific areas you should live God has specific, a specific place he wants you to live. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. He has a number of children he wants you to have. You have beyond that or you have less than that. You may not have some things happening. There are some journeys he would not want you to go on. Yes. There are some journeys he would not, he would tell you, don't go for this one. If you don't know the voice of the spirit, you miss the elective will of God for your life. And you may end up destroying your life completely. You will marry your killer. And she'll be smiling at you at the, on your wedding day. She'll be smiling at Hi, baby girl. Hello. And he'll be slip, putting the ring on your finger. I tell you. And before long, he has shot you seven times. And you are gone. So you dear, be there and not seek the will of God, the perfect will of God for your life. Tell me about, learn to pray. And wait on God. Concerning the elective will of God. For your life. What do you think? That is why we go on waiting. That's why we fast and pray. We are fasting and praying because we want to know the perfect. We want to know what to do. Oh, yes. 
You want to know what to do, which one to, which one to choose, where to go. Do you see? Yes. Then there's the call that is for everybody. So that's what I'm talking. The general is a course everybody must. It's, it's, it's a, a course everybody must do. No matter whether you're an art student, you can be an art student who doesn't like mass at all. You lie bad. You are a visual art student. You see, I used to teach visual art students. I used to teach them. You know, I was a teacher for five years. Yes, I was a teacher for five years in 2009, from 2008 to 2012. I was a teacher in a secondary school. I used to teach secondary school students. Can you imagine? You were not. Some of you were not in secondary school at that time. You were not born by the grace of God. No matter who you are, you will still learn that you have to learn the commas, and you have to pass the commas. You see, you can pass all your elective subjects. Do you see? You can pass, fail the commas, and see if you go anywhere. Even teacher training, they will not mind you. <laughs> teacher training, nursing, whatever, they will not mind you. Yeah. You have to do no deck. I know someone who did the mass. She did the mass five times. Do you remember? Yeah. She did the mass. Then she'll fail. Then she'll do it again. Then she'll fail. We'll encourage her. Then she'll do it again. Then she'll fail until she passed. By the grace of God. Today she's in law school. She's going to law school. Yeah. No matter who you are, the call you have, and that's what I'm talking about. The call is that you, as you are sitting here, you conform to the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. That's the call for your life. God wants you to look like Jesus on all spheres of your life, in your soul, in your body, in your thoughts, in your speech, in your attitude, everything. You have to look like Jesus. God is looking for one person. His name is Jesus Christ. He's not looking for you. He's looking for Jesus. He wants to see Jesus in you. He wants to see Christ formed perfectly in you. So Paul prayed for the church in Galatia. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. He says, my little children, of whom I travel in birth again unto Christ be formed in you. Christ was already in them all. They had been born again. But Christ had not formed in their minds. Christ had not formed in their attitude. Christ had not formed in their actions. Christ had not formed in a lot of aspects of their lives. God wants Christ to be formed everywhere in your life. Yes. Everywhere. Because it's, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. That's all God is looking for. God is looking for Jesus. No one else. God likes you because you are in Christ. Not because you are... No, he likes you because you are in Christ. Outside of Christ, you are bound for hell. The only reason why you are accepted before him is because Jesus is in you and you are in Jesus. So in his heaven, he's not looking for people who don't look like his son. He's looking for people who look like his son. I hope you get it. That is why the, the, the Bible mentions to us in Ephesians chapter 4. I read it to you the last time. Ephesians 4, 11. And he, he's showing you why he gave us pastors, evangelists, teachers, prophets. And all. It's not so that they will, be, they, they will go and seek for, for uh, Aquantre and all of that. No, Aquantre is not the reason for prophets and whatever. The Bible lets us know. Says, and he gave, God gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. These are gifts to the body of Christ. And pastors and teachers. For what purpose? For the perfecting of the saints. God wants you perfected. Or he wants you fully equipped. God has a will. And his will is that you are fully equipped. For the full equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. God wants you to do the work of the ministry. Can you imagine? God wants you to do his work. 
for the purpose of edifying the body of Christ or for the purpose of building up the church. He wants the church to be built up. The church is not this physical building. The church is you and I. The church is a living organism. It's not an organization only. There's an organizational aspect of the church. But the church is primarily a living organism. You and I. There's a living organism that has a part in heaven and a part here on earth. If you read in Ephesians chapter, chapter 3, you see it. Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. There's a whole family. Some are in heaven and some are in earth. And we are all named after God. We are family members, I tell you. And we form the body of Christ. Jesus himself is the head. And we are all to grow up into the head. That's God's aim. We are to grow up into the head. So sitting in the house of God and going and coming and not growing is evil. You are doing yourself a great disservice. You are failing the core exam. Yes, you are failing the core exam. I tell you. You came in having sex. Hey. You came in what? Having sex. You came into the church. You were a sex addict. You were, what? You were a sex addict. You were, you were into all kinds of things. You came into the church as a boozeite. You were boozing, doing all whatever. You came into the church as a weeite. You were smoking wee, whatever. You are welcome. Tell me, but you are welcome. <laughs> but after two years, or after six months, or after eight months, we are not expecting you to stay where you are. That's, that's how you are. What do you mean by that's how you are? God accepts me as I am. He accepts the sinner as he is. And then convert, he does something for the sinner. He convert, he, he, he gives him Jesus Christ in order for him to be born again. And then he expects something from him for him to grow in Christ. Grow eh? in Christ. He's expecting you to grow. That's what God is. God is expecting you to grow. You were a thief. He says, the one who stole, let him steal no more. You were stealing. Now that Christ is inside you, you have come. Christ has come inside you. He says, let Christ affect your soul along the lines of your weakness so that you can become strong in the place where you were weak before. He wants you to look like Jesus along that line. Jesus was not into stealing. He's inside you. Whose hand are you going to use to steal? It's Jesus' hands that you are going to use to steal. Because if Christ is in you, and which he is, then your hands belong to him. He says, don't you know that your body is not yours? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you see? Yes, your body is for Jesus. It's not for you. God wants you to learn that your body is not for you. Let me, let me show you one of the... Can I show you one of the core wills of God? There are things that God says, this is my will. It's clear in the Bible. Which one do you like? Okay, First Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's read verse 3. Clear, it's in the Bible. Can you read it to me? One, two, go. For this is the will of God, giving your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. If you read the Bible small now, you'll see these things. If you read it small, you'll see it. For this is the will of God. This is what? Even your sanctification, your separation, your being set apart. Your body is not yours. Your brain is not yours. The bad thoughts you have been thinking. It, the, you are using Jesus' brain to think bad thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So God wants you to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
in the fact that Jesus is in you and that Jesus owns you and that everything is about him. That's what God, God wants to grow in it. It's, it's all over in the Bible. Have you seen it? It's all over in the Bible. All over. All over. Go back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. What we're reading. He says, for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Then he says, he wants this to go on. He wants you to be trained and raised, to be perfected, to, to do the work of the ministry, to help in the building up of the body of Christ. So a Christian who is not helping the building up of the body of Christ is failing the exam. You are failing what? Yes, you, are, you are not serving me. You know, there are some people who say that, oh, the church, when you are working in the church, you are serving the bishop. Me, I'm not even serving myself. I'm serving Jesus. I'm trying to fulfill the will of God for my life. I will die and leave this thing and go. Yeah, you, or you don't know. All the, I'm, we are just, I'm just trying to fulfill the will of God for my life. These are the specific will of God for my I know that even in the general will, there are specifics. Yes. And as I see God, God point, keeps pointing me out. Do this one. Build churches. Plant more churches. Get, more, get to new people. That's, that's why I keep traveling and doing all kinds of things. Because I, the more I pray, me, I'm not seeing a car. It's not a car I'm looking for. I, a car is not part of, it's not whatever. I'm seeing other things. And as I'm seeing them, the Lord is blessing me with all the, the, the things that people are looking for. Because in the Bible, it says, seek it first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things that everybody is chasing for will be added. And when it's added to you, people will be jealous. Yeah. And we will be saying all kinds of things. Oh, yes. oh, we are serving this person. We are not serving. You are, not, we are serving Jesus Christ. You are serving who? Jesus. You need to serve him. God wants you to serve him. It's part of the core of the exams that he has for you. He wants you to give for his house to be built. Give for people to be saved. That's, that's what he wants. Section E, right? That's section B. I tell you. Compulsory questions. <laughs> 70 marks. <laughs> hey! And you are failing. You are failing right there. You are failing, Porto. You are sweating. Appear on the paper. <laughs> tell your neighbor, you will not say appear on the paper. You will pass all your exams in Jesus' name. Wow. He wants us to do all these things till all of us come in the unity of the faith. Till we come in the oneness of the faith. Till we come to the... You see, as long as you think that this person is from this church and is not qualified to talk to me, you are not growing in the Lord. Do you get it? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. As long as you can say, oh, these, are, these, these people, they are not... They just came. So they don't know God. Or these people, because they talk in a certain way, they are not... Until you come to the place where you accept the fact that anyone who is born again, anyone who has believed in Jesus Christ, okay, is your brother and your sister, and you relate based on that foundation, you are not growing as you are supposed to. Yeah, that's what God wants. Yeah. Let me show you a verse. Look at Romans chapter, since I'm talking about Romans chapter 14, verse 1. These are three in the Bible. He says, him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. So he says, there are some people who are weak in the faith. The faith we have, some of them are weak. He says, yet receive them, but not to those who did. Let's read NLT, NLT. Accept other believers. Accept what? Other believers. Who are weak in faith. And don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. This is what God, God wants us to come to the oneness of the faith. Oneness of, oneness of the fact that Jesus 
is the, is the reason why we are around. There is one church, but there are many parts. All of us are not sent to do the same thing. Excuse me to say. You don't wipe your bottoms with your right hand, innit? You do with your left hand, innit? Hopefully. <laughs> That's what the left hand is for. I mean, you don't point in, in, in Africa and in Ghana especially. You don't, like you're talking to an adult and then you say, Daddy, you're talking to your father. Daddy, I don't like those things. Hey! hey. Even if you are left-handed, you must learn to use the right. Is it true? Because when you, you uh, daddy, daddy, but I'm left-handed. Daddy, I don't like what you did the last time. You have, hey! Even if you are, you see, my father could beat you even if you are 40. Yeah, my father, <laughs> recently one of my sisters was telling me, she was 25 and she had gotten pregnant. 25 oh, And she was in America. And she had gotten pregnant. My father was in Ghana, but she was still afraid. She was in America and she was afraid. <laughs> she was afraid. She, was, she didn't know what to happen when she sees my father. Like, when my father said, what is he going to do? So she was ready for beatings. 25-year-old. Who has gotten pregnant in America? And has a guy who's ready to marry. The guy is ready to marry her. They made a mistake and she's pregnant. She, the guy said, I'm marrying you. Let's go and see. The, my sister, she was afraid of beatings because she has seen even if you are 35 in just a papa what do you think what would you mean my friend sit down you are still like sorry 35 40 you have children don't slap before your children you'll be surprised <laughs> even when you're talking with your right hand you have to know how you talk with them you have to talk if even if you, are, you have to put it at your back daddy do it like this don't do it like this even with the right hand in the body of christ <laughs> there are many parts do you understand and each part has something to do. We all have different things to do in the body of Christ for the build-up of the body. We cannot all be the same. We are all there to show the many-sided wisdom of God. You shouldn't go and stand in front of some people and say, you people, because you do, you worship this and do this, you worship on this day, you are not correct. What do you mean? Romans 14.2 For instance... One person believes it's all right to eat anything. Like some of us. Some people have eaten snakes here. You have eaten snakes. I tell you. Some people have eaten frogs. You've eaten pets. <laughs> your own pets. You get your own pets. Oh no. You need, you need to be born again. Hey, I tell you. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believes with a, a sensitive conscience. Eh? But another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. The fact that you are saying sorry for the person means that you are not, you've not come to the unity of the faith yet. <laughs> Next verse, verse, verse three. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. <laughs> Are you God has accepted them. Really, you see many, many. You need to mature. When you see a believer, you, you hug the person. And don't ask, which church do you go to? The person, the person may just say, hey, hey. I know your kind. I know your kind. No, that's not Christian. God doesn't like that. 
God wants us to come to the oneness of the, of the faith. Then he says, he wants us to come to the knowledge of the Son of God. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4. So we all come in the oneness of the faith. The word unity is oneness, okay? Then it says, and come unto the knowledge. The word knowledge is a pignosis, full experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ. Like God wants you to know Jesus so much. Not because I told you about him, but because you got to know him from the pages of the Bible. For yourself. You've gotten to know him by revelation. You've gotten to know him more and more by fellowshipping with him and by relating with him. That's the desire for, of God. That's, these are the, this is the core, core exam. You can be a Christian who is to do all kinds of things. You are serving, you are doing everything. You don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know the, the Son. You don't have knowledge of the Son of God. It's a problem. In, in Second Peter, you know, Peter was talking about the end times and the things that are going to happen and all of that. He spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke. Maybe I should show you some. Let me show you some. Second Peter chapter, chapter 3. Let's read from verse, uh, verse 9. Let's read from verse 9. Look at this. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that we should perish. So one of, the, one of God's will is that nobody should perish. But that all should come to repentance. He wants all to come to repentance. The same as the one I mentioned the last time. He wants all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, isn't it? Next verse. Let's read NLT so that we can we can read it quickly. Okay. Then it says, But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with the terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to to deserve judgment. He's telling you what's going to happen. Next verse. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly life you should live? He says, everything, you know everything is going to be destroyed. The car you are, you are killing for and dying for. The phone, you, maybe you, have not, you are not on color. The phone that you are trying to have a, a sugar daddy for. Like a for hammer. I have to hammer before I die. I have to... All the things that you are, all of them will be destroyed. He says, since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Next verse. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. So you should live your life looking forward to the appearance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Next week I'll talk about that a lot. The phanerosis of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The appearance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. On that day, he will set, he will set the heavens on fire. And the elements will melt away in the flames. Next verse. But we are looking forward to the new heavens. Look forward to the new heavens, though. Not this one. Looking, he says, but we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. How beautiful it will be. Where you can't, no bad thoughts can come to you. I can't wait for that because a lot of bad thoughts come to me. I don't know about you. You have a lot of bad thoughts coming to you. Oh, there's a day coming when no bad thoughts will fly through your mind. Only good thoughts. Only good thoughts. <laughs> Maranatha, Lord. Verse 14. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in our Lord and Savior Jesus' sight. Have you seen it? He says, live what? 
make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. That's how he wants you to live. Next verse. And remember the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. So Paul, Peter recommended or spoke about Paul's writings as scripture. Okay, next verse. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand. So it's not only you. Even Peter had problems understanding the epistles. Someone said, someone was asked, do you know what the epistles are? He said, oh, is it not Paul's wife? <laughs> he doesn't understand anything. He says the epistles are Paul's, is the name of Paul's wife. What a shock. It's not his fault. Tell anybody, it's not his fault. Even Peter had problems understanding the epistles as well. Jesus is Lord. Some of his comments are hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different. It's happening today, isn't it? Yes. Just as they do with other parts of scripture. So he considered Paul's writings scripture. And this will result in their destruction. Verse 17. I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends. Be on guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. So he's going to show you how to not lose your own secure footing in the next verse. Next verse. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The recommendation is that you grow in grace. Grow in your knowledge concerning Christ's finished work for you. If there's anything to do, grow in your knowledge of Christ's finished work for you. Grace and truth came by Jesus. And also grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he's talking about Jesus' work and Jesus' person. His grace, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is his work. And his, the knowledge of him is the knowledge of him personally. So in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the problems, God's recommendation for you is to grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Get to know Jesus more and more and more and more and more. How? Through the pages of the, of the scriptures. Read Matthew. Read Mark. You need to understand his life, how he was. How was he like? Because he's the first type. He's the prototype of all of us. Jesus is the prototype of what? Of all of us. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Look at Romans 8, 29. All glory to Jesus. It's nice. So Jesus is everything. If you read the Bible very carefully, you can't find anybody apart from Jesus. It's only Jesus that you find. Read it carefully, you'll be surprised. Everybody wrote about him. Everybody wrote about him personally and his work and his place. Everybody wrote about that. For whom God did foreknow, he also did predestinate. You see, this predestination is showing up here again. And I told you about this verse the last time. To be conformed to the image of his son. Who is the son? God wants us to be conformed to the image of his son so that the son might be the firstborn among many brethren. He's the first among many brethren. All the brethren must look like this one. You can't say, oh, me, I'm melancholic. So I, I do things in a certain way. How about Jesus? All of us are supposed to look like Jesus. So what I, was he melancholic? What was he? Was he phlegmatic? Was he choleric? How about sanguine? He was what? He was spiritual. They need to become spiritual. Yeah, Christians who don't want to fast at all. 
but we see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. We see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ going out on the mountains to pray all night. night. (coughs) We have raised Christians who don't do all night. When they hear all night, eh? What is that? Count me out. Especially when Prophet Adam is coming. Because you know that he'll close at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. <laughs> I tell you, all night what? All morning. No, 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 I ain't coming. I ain't what? Coming. I ain't coming. You can't, you can't. You are not growing the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You don't know him. The is that Jesus went to church often. It was his manner. He went to the synagogue. As was his manner. Church. You have people say they are Christians, so they are walking around. Church, they should go to church and do what? And when they go to church, they want to be there for 30 minutes. Luke 4 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, you see, King James, no, we don't understand. Let's read another version NLT. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home. He went as usual, someone said as usual, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Meaning that even in the synagogue, he was into reading the scriptures. At age 12, Jesus, everybody was shocked at his knowledge, at the questions he would ask concerning the scriptures. The doctors of the, the law, the word, were surprised. You were a child of God, you don't know. No, it's very serious. We, we, we've raised a lot of people who don't know Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You say Matthew, Mark, Nukejo. It's not Nukejo. You can't open when we say Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. You have to go to the table of contents. Where do, does anybody have a fiscal Bible? Yeah, go to and then check. Hey, Matthew, 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 Matthew. By the time you look for it, we are finished. We are finishing what we need to say there. Yeah. We say Matthew chapter 17, verse what? Verse 5. Matthew. Hey, Matthew. 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 Uh, Matthew. Hey, Matthew is here. Uh-huh. Okay, so it will be around the middle. Page, page. Hey, are you serious? You are failing the exam, I tell you. You are failing the exam. You are failing the exam. You are getting what? Fe 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 You have to know Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way. I am the truth. I'm the life. Jesus is the only... You see, if you knew Jesus as the way, you would preach like you are mad. When we say we are going for evangelism, you will not say... Because your uncle is lost. Your uncle thinks that something else is the way he has his own philosophy you know what i'm talking about he has his own philosophy eh, of life and how eternity is going to be some even believe that when we die we'll come back as animals and all of that and your uncle your uncle is one you have to pray for your uncle you will not come for a prayer meeting and say we are praying for car what is car we shouldn't be praying any church that prays for the salvation of souls you don't want to go to those, those churches when you have a church that prays for the salvation of souls, every prayer meeting online, Lord, hey. ah, when I clap my hands and I pray, hey. ah, my car, hey. my house should be released, my visa. Hey. 
Canada, Canada, here I come. America, here I come. America, Lord. America, I die. Tongues was not given for that. If you do his, you see, he says, read the Bible. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Read the Bible. Jesus, who is God himself, came down in Matthew chapter 6 and said some things. He says, listen. Go up to 20, 29. Matthew 6, 29. Just, just, just do what the Bible says. And you have a very good life. So we have Christians struggling and suffering for a lot of things. Financially, medical is even worse. When it comes to healing, it's like it's an, it's an ancient word. Oh, it's like, oh, it's not part of it. It's not part of healing. What is healing? Meanwhile, you cannot, you cannot read more than two pages of the Bible without finding healing somewhere. Especially concerning Jesus. You can't, you can't read. You can't read. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. You can't read without finding healings all over the place. Miracles, signs, wonders, strange things. Everywhere he went was doing good. You'd be shocked. Many strange things. But we can't have that happening because we are off. Jesus is not the object of most Christians' lives. Jesus is not. It's a car. It's a house. It's a, it's a job. Am I lying? I'm lying. I'm telling the truth. Jesus is not our object. He's not our aim. I pray that God gives you a different mind. 28. It says, and why take you thought for, for raiment, what you wear? Consider the leaves of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. They don't toil. God is expecting you not to toil in life. Yes. I spoke about hard work last week. That not hard work that you, are to- you don't know what to do with your life. No. 50 Ghana is a problem. It's not supposed to be like that. Hmm. I think you understand the best. Rise up upon your feet and start praying. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is my focus. <laughs> God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.